What's Shaking Fire Nation? JLD here with an audio masterclass on growing a retail business amidst a pandemic. To drop these value bombs, I brought Brian Morgan on the mic. He is the president of Austin's Couch Potatoes in Texas. He grew the company from selling broken couches out of his garage to opening his fourth location. In Fire Nation, today we'll be talking about how Brian went from a minister in NYC to running a successful furniture chain, how he turned an unwinning situation around and how to build the right team when it's so hard to find good people and so much more fire nation when we get back from thanking our sponsors did you know that 97% of text messages get opened and 90% are opened within three minutes? You need to be texting your customers and Podium can help. For a limited time, sign up for 20% off your plan at podium.com slash fire. Deliver joy and send messages that pop during the holidays and long after with Clavio, the ultimate marketing platform for e-commerce. With targeted segmentation, email automation, SMS marketing, and more, Clavio helps you create your ideal customer experience. Get your free trial at Clavio.com slash fire. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash fire. Brian, say what's up to Fire Nation and share something interesting about yourself that most people don't know. Well, I'd love to share something. I felt called to go to um, school to be a minister, and I had a little bit of a scholarship, but not enough. It didn't pay my room and board. And so to make ends meet, um, I sold anything and everything on eBay. In fact, I found really the the best item with the highest close rate was women's plus size lingerie. And I funded myself to go through Bible college by selling lingerie and uh, can't make that up. And that, that <laughs> turned into selling anything and everything. And to this day, people still tease me because I could just fill a material and I know like almost the percentage of polyester in it. I know what it is. And I just have a lot of fun with that. And, but it was just a, a unique time. Um, you know, back in the early 2000s where people bought unique things on eBay. If you were a, you know, plus size individual in the middle of nowhere and you wanted something nice, you know, uh, you would go onto eBay and buy it and we would ship it right to you. So um, that's, that's a interesting topic that a lot of people don't know. That is very interesting. <laughs> and I, I hope that there's some people listening to this right now being like, oh my God, I literally have known Brian for like 30 years and I never... <laughs> knew that's how he funded it. And they're going to have some great conversations going forward. And Fire Nation, Brian and myself are both really happy right now because we did reveal to each other pre-interview that we both have an amazing piping hot cup of coffee right next to us. So we're going to be mm-hmm. sipping on that, having a great conversation today, as I mentioned in the intro, about growing a retail business amidst a pandemic. And you were a minister in New York City, Brian, and now you're running this highly successful furniture chain, Austin's Couch Potatoes. Talk to us about how that transition happens. You know, after college, and I kind of alluded to selling things on eBay. So all through uh, my time uh, in school, I, I always ran this side hustle, this eBay gig. And by the time I wrapped up, uh, um, here I am, early 20s. I went platinum on eBay, just selling anything <laughs> and everything. And I built a lot of relationships with uh, big box retailers and helping them offload their, um, you know, the return items and stuff like that. But I kind of just got tired from working behind the computer and said, I'm going to go help people. That's really what I love doing. 
Um, this was just a job, you know. Um, I, I'm ready to go do what I felt like I went to school for, what I've been called to do, to, to love people and, and, and give them a lasting hope. And so I had a roommate in college that said, hey, I want to go start a church in New York City, 500 feet from ground zero. It'll be great. We'll, we'll, we'll use a public school up there. We'll have a church every Sunday. And, and um, so I sold everything, sold everything I had, you know, and moved to the concrete jungle and, and um, just kind of needed work still, you know, this is a startup church, you know, you kind of just go in, you don't really know how you're going to get support and stuff, but um, love that side of it. And, and then I said, you know, I just need to be around people that need, you know, I've been behind a computer and I want to get stuck behind a computer. I can always fall back on that. But um, uh, so I, I, I was just walking down the road one day and um, I heard this really awful singing on the Bowery. I'm like, what is this? And, um, and I happened into uh, a mission called the Bowery Mission. And it was there that I really just kind of fell in love with people's stories and um, I walked into this chapel. It's a 130-year-old uh, mission at the time, and uh, it's called the Bowery Mission. And and people would, you know, hang out in like a church service, and then they would go eat a meal afterwards and get a shower and warm clothes and all that stuff. I just loved it. But I st- I kept going back, you know, every day and to listen and eat <laughs> and then serve. Uh, eventually started serving on the soup line and I started to listen to these people's stories. And this crowd of people coming in to eat every day was people that had a lot of amazing past, you know, they had a lot of letters after their names, you know, PhDs and masters and this and this, and they had all these amazing accomplishments in their life. And now they're on the street. And I just began to wonder why are they doing this? And so anyway, I just, I fell in love with people's stories and come to find out a lot of those men, I worked in the men's home there, um, they, they just had some bumps along the way growing up, and they just needed someone to help get them back on the right path again or just listen to them. And, and so I fell in love with people there. Um, I'm, I was born in Austin, Texas, and about the third year of my time working for the Bowery and doing this church plan up there, I really kind of fell out of love of working at a church. I said, oh my gosh, I love people. I have more fun working at the homeless rescue mission than I do at this church. And and uh, I'm like, I just feel like I'm not bringing a lot of hope to people. And so I decided to go back into um, the old industry that I was in, you know, flipping stuff, you know, buying and selling things. And it was a perfect time because um, my dad was ill down in Austin and I had to keep going back and forth. And so I said, gosh, I guess I need to go back into the old eBay thing again. And one of my accounts that I had early on was with Macy's department stores. And I used to buy and sell anything and everything. Um, um, And one of the the things that was really hard to sell on eBay at the time was furniture. Um, Too big to ship. And, uh, but people used to buy it from me yeah. by the truckload and, and resell it in their furniture stores. And so I said, this is perfect. It's a high enough price tag item that I could kind of have a side hustle in Austin, go take care of my family and just kind of work out of a garage or something like that and sell furniture on the side. And so that's how couch potatoes was born. I brought a truckload of furniture in never saw this stuff before. I used to just mark it up a few points and sell it to the next guy. And, uh, but this time I was very hands-on. And, uh, so my brother and I, we offloaded our first truck, 
um, in North Austin, and we were amazed. Um, we just spent 12 grand on a truckload of furniture, and all of it was damaged. I said, oh, my goodness, what are we going to do? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that was 10 years ago, October um, of 2020. Uh, so 10 years ago is when we started. And in 30 days, uh, John, we, we doubled our money. And it was a journey that I had no idea would turn into what it is today. And, but all those experiences at the church, at the mission, selling the stuff online, it's all come full circle. And we're still touching on a lot of those topics that I had experiences with years ago. Now, let me jump in here for a second, because I really (laughs) like to talk myself, and you've been doing a lot of talking, just kidding. But I'm a sucker also for... Um, names, names of companies and how they were named. And Austin's Couch Potatoes to me is just a home run of a name. Like, I love it. Do you know where the phrase Couch Potatoes came from? Like, where did that origin happen? Absolutely. Growing up, grew up in a very blue collar home. We're poor, couldn't rub two pennies together, but but dad just worked hard and he was a farmer, um, was a Vietnam vet, came back and just said, you know, guys, you find, a, you find a career, you just work hard. But, you know, we just never had money. It was just that we always had everything we needed. Um, but if we weren't working on Saturdays, we're out of school and we were watching cartoons and dad came in, he's, he would just call us couch potatoes. What are you couch potatoes doing today? And sure enough, we were sitting on the couch and we were practicing our craft at a young age. But so, so anyway, my brother and I, we, we were, when we started our furniture store in Austin, with all that broken furniture that we refurbished, you know, this building that we were renting, it had no electricity, no running water. Um, it was super cheap. And and so we rented this property and we pulled out our SLR camera, took pictures of it, would charge our batteries up at my other brother's house to fix and restore furniture. Then I'd go to the coffee shop down the road with a bottomless cup of coffee and I would list the the pictures of stuff. And I began to realize uh, Craigslist was my only place to list back then. It was a top 10 marketplace, Austin, Texas was for Craigslist. And so if you don't come up with a name uh, or something, people just have you tracked by your phone number. So we began to think, well, what's the name going to be? You know, we've got to figure this out. And so we could be the, oh, we can be the family name furniture store like everybody else. But you go into those places and it just felt really impersonal and not Austin. Austin's the capital of weird. And and so we said, why don't we call ourselves Couch Potatoes? And it kind of stuck. And to this day, I never thought we'd still be called that. But <laughs> I would just tell people, if you want to see all of our product, just search Couch Potatoes. And, and so it stuck. <laughs> That's awesome. I love those kind of stories. And I actually Googled it while you were talking. And it was first used, by the way, in the 70s by a comic artist ah. who drew lazy, sedentary characters he called couch potatoes. And it became extremely popular to talk about someone who's spent so much time in front of the TV that he seems more <laughs> like a vegetable than a human being. So there you go. And Fire Nation, don't be a couch potato. 2018, Brian, you were in what some people would call an unwinnable situation. Share with us that situation and how you flipped that script. Correct. Yeah. 2018 was an interesting year for our industry. Um, we, we had to make a decision. We watched um, several of our peers in our market, locally owned furniture stores that had been around for decades, close their doors. 
And we were going to be another statistic unless we made some changes. And in our business, it's, it's, let's just be honest, it's pretty easy to do. You could, be, you could go to market and become a furniture dealer. And you could sell this, this brand of furniture in your store just like the guy down the block. And you can run a promotion, you know, the BOGO, get one, buy one, get one free, or, you know, 10% off this weekend. And, and you can really go out of business pretty quickly by doing the same thing everybody else is doing because of the World Wide Web. And you can track pricing and stuff like that. But in 2018, um, we watched our property taxes increase by 20%. Oof. I felt like I was in New York City again. I mean, it just the, the price of rent for brick and mortar for retail space was just nuts. And you can only raise your prices so much. Um, so early on in our career, we thought, well, one day we'll design and build our own furniture. And I said, well, the only thing that we can do right now, guys, is we're either going to be a, statistics, a statistic and, and go out of business like everybody else. This is our last hurrah, or we're going to start building furniture. We've got to set ourselves apart from the competition, something that's going to be untouchable. And my brother and I and my best friend, Dan, we've been in business now 10 years. Uh, none of us have ever sewed before. And we're like, well, how in the world are we going to build furniture? We can kind of frame a little bit. So we stepped out in faith and we actually bought a $130,000 piece of equipment. Uh, we called our bank and said, hey, will you give us a loan for this? And they said, are you crazy? And so we called another <laughs> bank and we called another bank. And we said, well, even if we buy just the normal equipment that every other manufacturer has that builds furniture, we're going to be on the same level. So we decided from day one, we want to build and design furniture. Uh, we want to do something no one else has done before, next day custom furniture. And so in order to do this, we had to buy this really expensive piece of equipment that is used in apparel. And so we stuck our heads out, <laughs> stuck our necks out, and we, we bought this piece of equipment. And we bought another piece of equipment without having any employees or even knowing how to do this. And so we watched a lot of YouTube videos. And <laughs> YouTube is really the entrepreneur's friend. I mean, it's how you do everything. Every time I, I buy something from the internet, I go there for how to set up videos. I mean, critical, critical stuff. So get us there. Go ahead, Brian. Yeah, yeah. So so we watched how people were making furniture, how they were buying fabric. And we went on a few factory tours and were kind of like the spies behind the scenes watching how they cut and everything like that. So so traditionally, when someone makes a sofa, you, you have templates. You have like cardboard templates that you put out on a fabric cutting table like you'd see at like a, a craft store. And you cut out, oh, this is the arm of the sofa. This is the, the seat cushion. And you have to get the grain right out of the fabric. And, and uh, it takes about... When you're a skilled uh, upholsterer, it, it takes about an hour to cut out a, a sofa. So, so we we took that hour long um, cut time down to 45 seconds, and so that's what really helped us. We started a factory that um, that was matchless. Not a vendor could even compete with us. Uh, we had unique styles, and and overnight. Um, in less than a few months, we had built a sofa factory, and it really kept us alive. And Fire Nation, what Brian was able to do, and this is just so critical for any business in any industry or niche, is they built a moat around their business. They couldn't just be replicated. They, they had actual things that were in their competitive advantage. They were building these things. They knew how to do it. They were being unique. They couldn't just be copied or ripped off. They're building that moat. How are you 
building your moat? How are you developing skills and systems and processes that can't be easily replicated? The higher the barrier, the lower the competition. And there was Brian building a high, high barrier. And Fire Nation, when we get back from thanking our sponsors, we have so much to talk about. Ready to stand out in the inbox this holiday season? Get more out of email marketing with Klaviyo. Every customer is different, and Klaviyo is here to help you build more personal connections with each customer based on the things they really care about. Send more relevant emails by tailoring every experience based on individual preferences and shopping behavior. With top-notch targeting and best-in-class segmentation, you can unlock the full potential of your e-commerce data and create email marketing moments that keep your shoppers coming back well past the holidays. Just ask Living Proof, Tipsy Elves, Huckberry, or the more than 50,000 other brands growing with Klaviyo. And because Klaviyo is built for e-commerce brands of all shapes and sizes, there's no better marketing platform to help you close out the year strong, deliver joy, and send messages that pop during the holidays and long after. Get started with your free trial at klaviyo.com slash fire. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash fire. Visit klaviyo.com slash fire today. Did you know that 97% of text messages get opened and 90% are opened within three minutes? You need to be texting your customers. If you're spending time on the phone scheduling appointments, are in a tight battle with your competition, or you need to convert more sales from your website, you need Podium. Podium is a business messaging tool that brings all your messages into one centralized inbox your whole team can access, empowering you to save time while responding to your customers faster. Podium is helping all kinds of businesses serve their customers at the highest level, including doctors, mortgage brokers, insurance agents, agents, lawyers, retailers, and more. Whatever your business does, Podium can help. And Podium customers have seen fantastic results. One plumbing company converted 16% of their web traffic into leads, and a national retailer collected over 18,000 reviews across its locations. And for a limited time, you can sign up for 20% off your plan. They're so confident that if Podium doesn't make your business better within 90 days, they will send you a $150 Amazon gift card for Hire Nation. Visit podium.com slash fire to get started. That's 20% off if you visit podium.com slash fire. So Brian, we're back and I've seen your furnish the frontline movement. Hashtag furnish the frontline. How'd you go from making these sofas to supplying the federal government with PPE? Like, let's go through this story. Absolutely. So here we are, we're watching the shutdowns happen in our industry with every industry. Uh, it's kind of enveloping right onto Texas and uh, we're just trying to rush to get furniture out the door before the shutdown happens. And we needed to make this another big decision. We've got to pivot, either furlough everybody um, or we keep going. And I began to watch the news and things are popping up saying there's a massive shortage on masks. And and so we're just like, oh, my goodness, what do we do? And the next morning we uh, were watching the news. We're like, well, should we start making masks? I mean, we have this fabric cutting machine that we bought, and and by now we've got a pretty sweet operation. We've got a, a team of about a dozen people that are are helping us build furniture, and that was a big deal for our little company. And and so I challenged these guys. I said, guys, um, we're going to try to help our community. Um, we were walking around our factory and just looking for a material that would look like a mask. And we found this giant roll of white material, and I use it to make the liner of our cushion casings that go inside of our sofas. And so I just take apart an N95 mask, and I kind of make our own version, trace it out on this fabric. And I'm like, okay, I hold it up to my face after I cut it out. I'm like, that's pretty breathable. 
but still doesn't feel like it's doing anything. And so then I put another layer behind it and like, wow, this really works. So we make a really good template and now we're stuck. We have this amazing like cone thing that fits over our face, but we have nothing to hold it onto our heads. There's, there's, we go to the, the fabric supply stores, they're out of elastic everywhere. So I run into Office Depot and I look for something elastic and I land on number 19 rubber bands and I grab a bag of them and I run home and run back to our shop, I mean, and uh, kind of lace some back through each other and we, we sew on a, a, uh, a headband out Love of it. rubber bands. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I put a picture up on our uh, social media saying, hey, if, if there are any frontline folks, any of our customers and our friends um, here in Austin that need a mask, let me know. And that was in the evening. I go and I put my kids down for bed. And John, the the, the messages come pouring in. Just oh. a short time, I'm putting my kids down. Of, hey, I'm a nurse on the front lines. Um, I'm an anesthesiologist. I'm in a, a nursing home. We haven't had masks in days. In fact, they just taught us how to reuse our masks. And word got out in Austin very quickly. The hospitals were saying, send us whatever you have. And I'm like, I've only made a prototype. <laughs> and so I go and, and so I'm, I'm like, I need to find a doctor. Is this stuff going to kill somebody if we right. use this stuff? I'm, I don't know what to do. And uh, so overnight, I'm just sending all these messages out. And I tell my partners, I said, tell the guys, come into work tomorrow. We're going to figure this mask thing out. And, and uh, so we start distributing the very next day masks without an FDA approval. We're just here to help people. And I said, if we're going to go down for this, let's go down with this ship helping people because I can't sit by the wayside while my community is hurting. The very people that we serve every day that keep my business going, let's give back and let's help. And it was Sunday, two days into this, um, I get a call from Department of Homeland Security, the office in Austin, Texas. You're like, this could go a couple ways right now. (laughs) (laughs) And I did. I texted my wife. I said, honey, um, I'm telling you where I'm going, but they just called me and said, bring my masks to their office on a Sunday afternoon at four o'clock. And I said, I'm, I'm probably going to get locked up. I have no idea. They're going to tell me they're going to find me. They're going to do something. And so my brother, uh, Travis and Dan, my best friend, the three owners, we, we hop in my 99 Ford pickup truck and we go down to the department of Homeland security. It's this gigantic fort you go into and they wand you and, you know, they check your temperature. And what happened? It was, oh my goodness. We went straight upstairs and we walk into this giant boardroom and we sit down and I literally have these masks in individual Ziploc bags, like sandwich baggies. And in comes the director of hospitals, the director of uh, Starflight, the director of EMS, um, the director of Homeland Security for Texas, all these different big titled people, they just start putting our mask on and, and sniffing through it. Like, they're like, this works pretty good. How'd you come up with that? And I said, <laughs> well, we here's, and I told them the whole same story. And they said, do you know what this material is? And I said, well, it's some kind of poly. He goes, well, do you know what the material is in N95 masks and polypropylene? He goes, well, this is the exact same material that no one can get right now. And you happen to have it in your factory get to work, Brian. <laughs> and that's kind of how the story started. And then, and then at the end of this conversation, they said, don't stop making these things. In fact, just keep making them. In fact, we want to throw something else at you. And they said, we haven't had these in our EMS vehicles or in our hospitals for two weeks. And they're these long isolation gowns. And they said, do you know how to make these? And I said, no, well, give me one. And so we took one, went back to our factory 
And then 20 minutes later, John, we sent them a picture of a gown that we made. Wow. And they just, it blew their mind. And they said, once again, get to work. And so we completely pivoted. We, we turned our factory line off from furniture. We kept everybody hired. In fact, we hired 40 more people and had three shifts working around the clock, uh, making uh, isolation gowns and masks. And in fact, the gown need was so huge for the entire state of Texas, um, and it branched out into other states. Um, we actually started sharing our templates with other furniture manufacturers saying, bring your people back to work. Here's a template how you can help your community. And to this day, I don't even know how many people have copied it and used it, but all over Canada and, and many, uh, a lot of the east side of the states where people were using our, our design to make uh, masks and gowns for their community. Well, Brian, including this, you're doing so much good in this world. So let's talk to Fire Nation right now. How can we, as listeners of this story, of this podcast, how can we get involved? Oh my goodness. Well, it's it's been a journey. You know, we went and, you know, our, our whole business shifted from brick and mortar to online and we were we were doing so much online chat during this time and we just watched uh, our our strategy shift. And so you asked, how can we help you guys right now? And uh, with the tools that are out there um, you know, I'll, I'll give one little plug for this company that kept us above water along with our um, um, factory was this this tool called Podium, and it helped us chat and continue to do business. We, we actually had the biggest months we've ever had in our company during the shutdown when we were making masks and gowns by doing all of our communication on uh, web chat. And what I saw in that time was that we have got to evolve um, to be like every other trending industry right now. The our, the furniture business is really behind and we really need a chief marketing officer. This is one thing I thought of. And so if you've got a listener that wants to get behind a family owned business that truly loves people, but has a mind of a strategist, uh, that's what we need. Um, if you want someone uh, to to partner with to pursue your dreams of helping people, um, join our team. And uh, my goal this next year is to be shipping our furniture nationwide. So if you need a new sofa in the next quarter, I'll be shifting nationwide. That's my dream. So yes. hold, hang on and come and buy from us. But we're, we're, looking, we're looking for the best of the best. Well, I know it's a little too much to ask, but are you going to ship to Puerto Rico? Because, you know, we, we, need, we desperately need some good furniture down here. <laughs> Absolutely. My wife and I, that's where we went for our honeymoon. Yeah. I love that place. So I would love to. Oh, uh, well, keep me in mind. <laughs> keep me in mind because I've been here four and a half years and we would love to have a company that would actually ship down here. It would be amazing. And it's, it's a huge and growing and thriving community down here. People that are, are really having a lot of success and looking to, to you know, really beautify their homes and stuff. So something to keep in mind in Fire Nation, you want to be a part of this mission. So Brian, tell us the best way that we can contact you to raise our hands. Oh my goodness. Shoot me an email, brian at austincouches.com. Check us out. Uh, our Instagram or our website, austincouches.com. You can see all of our handles there. Um, Ping me. I I check every message. I'm very involved in our company. Um, We focus on three things, loving people, bringing comfort, and practicing fair trade. Now, do people have to be in the Austin area? 
Oh my goodness, no. Um, uh, we do outsource right now oh, for sweet. other things. And I think for for like a CMO type role, I really believe that um, the best talent is could be all over the world, you know. And, and totally. so that's one thing that I love about technology and 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 being and surviving and thriving during this uh, shutdown is that we can work from anywhere. <laughs> Brian, Fire Nation is all over the world. So I hope that people are typing in your email address into their subject line right now. And that's Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at austincouches.com. Brian at austincouches.com. Fire Nation, step up. Reach out to him, raise your hand, or if you know somebody who should be reaching out to Brian, pass that along, brian at austincouches.com. And Brian, so cool that you actually mentioned Podium. They actually are one of our presenting sponsors for the podcast. They're a great company. When they reached out to me, I was stoked they wanted to be involved because I love what they do for entrepreneurs, for small business owners. That's awesome stuff. And I just want to say thank you, Brian, for sharing your truth, your knowledge, your value with Fire Nation today. For that, we salute you and we will catch you on the flip side. Thanks. Hey, Fire Nation. Today's value bomb content was brought to you by Brian. And if you've ever, ever, ever thought about creating a podcast of your own, well, then the podcast journal is for you. It is a gorgeous faux leather journal that will guide you. We're talking step by step in the creation and launch of your podcast in 50 days. That's 5-0 Fire Nation. Visit thepodcastjournal.com. Use promo code podcast for a $15 discount as a thank you for listening to the podcast. And I'll catch you there or I'll catch you on the flip side. Did you know that 97% of text messages get opened and 90% are opened within three minutes? You need to be texting your customers and Podium can help. For a limited time, sign up for 20% off your plan at podium.com slash fire. Deliver joy and send messages that pop during the holidays and long after with Clavio, the ultimate marketing platform for e-commerce. With targeted segmentation, email automation, SMS marketing, and more, Clavio helps you create your ideal customer experience. Get your free trial at Clavio.com slash fire. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash fire.